0: they're also
1: playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. To the sun in the west Feel the beat right in
0: my chest
1: At the crossroads A second time Make the devil change his mind It's a pound of flesh But it's really a ton. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one If you have not got problems I'll back you, your son I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one 99 Problems But a bitch ain't one
2: hey everybody welcome to war the bay i am kyle um and and it's just me well it's not just me but it's gonna be there's gonna be more people here trust me guys trust me how's our fourth of july how'd it go um apparently this is the this see this is the thing i didn't know but i guess the fireworks were a little bit of a dud in the tampa bay area um St. Pete didn't have their fireworks. Tampa, there, there were some issues, but I had a great time. I had, I had a great time Fourth of July, and I, and I hope you guys did too to, to celebrate our our fair country. Uh, I got a I got a got a great show for you guys. and Sure, got a great show in store for you guys today. Um, got a few guests, or actually a couple guests, but. I want to get to to one thing. It came out yesterday that the Tampa Bay Rays were going to reveal their new a uh, uh, stadium renderings on Tuesday for the Ybor Stadium, and at least I hope that they're they're also going to come out with uh, how they're going to finance the goddamn thing, because that's been the whole thing th- this entire time. Um, yeah, I understand that that the Rays want a stadium down in Ybor, and I understand that um that it's not working in St. Pete. But if you're going to get your new stadium, who's paying for it, Stu? Who's paying for the stadium? Um, But I think a lot of things are going to be answered with this. I th- the number one thing for me is are we going to see like a fixed roof stadium? Are we going to see a retractable roof stadium? Are we going to see an open-air stadium with with maybe some kind of a sale like they proposed down at Owling Field? I don't know. I I, for one I am firmly on the team of let's keep it cheap, let's go the Minnesota Vikings route, and let's make a stadium with like a bunch of windows that looks, you know, the very that, that looks sort of open air, that that has the feel of an open air stadium, but that's still entirely inside because it's it's completely fucking ridiculous to ask Tampa fans to stand or sit outside of a stadium in the middle of july it is fucking it is so hot it's so hot and it rains every day at four there's no way there's no way that you can that that, that you can have it be an outdoor stadium or some kind of um hybrid so to me this is good to me this is going to answer one big question is okay are we paying for the retractable roof, or are we not? If the Rays are smart, if they're a smart team, they're going to say we're not paying for the retractable roof, and that we're going to have a fixed roof dome because it's going to it's going to take a few hundred million off the the cost of the stadium. Which, by the way, they haven't even committed to, to, to financing. They haven't. I don't know that they've even committed any percent of uh of financing at this point. So, hopefully, we get a better idea of that. Um, because I hear, I, I believe Ken Hagan himself even said that it's going to take the Rays uh, financing at least half of the stadium for it to get built. Um, but you saw the, the, another thing that sort of happened this week was that uh, there were some tax breaks that came out in, in favor of Gibor City. Now, I don't know exactly what those tax breaks are, so I'm not going to say anything about them, but I still think it's pretty interesting that uh, it seems like it's getting closer and closer I feel I, I Tuesday's gonna be a big day because if they're if they're gonna go for broke and they're gonna go for big air in the stadium, I don't see how it gets funded but if they go for modest um, man I really can't say and, and it's for two reasons number one being that. The the raids have already come out and said that they're going to try to do new things with the stadium. They're going to try to make it sort of an all year destination as opposed to just baseball. So they're going to try to make it a place that you need to be at in spite of the weather, right? I would imagine, um, or at least they're going to try to get they're going to try to get concerts there. They're going to try to hold events there. Maybe they have something that's open twenty four hours, or not twenty four hours, but rather you know all year round, three hundred and sixty five days a year. Say for you know holidays, um, I wonder. Because I love Ybor City, I think during the day it's a great place to be. And if I think you add something like that Ray Stadium as like a, a as a destination, then I think you have a viable option there. But but. If they're going for big air here, and which I think, okay, if you're going to employ that strategy, then maybe they're going for big air. Then it's then it's going to be a retractable roof stadium, which I think is a huge mistake. Either way, either way, it has to be air conditioned and it has to be indoors. So, you know, kind of with that line of thinking, um, I don't know. I I think, I think they're going to go greedy. I think maybe I I I just have this bad feeling they're going for big air. They're going for big air. They're going for the retractable roof, and they're gonna they're gonna ask for eight hundred million dollars, um, and then are and then are they gonna actually contribute four hundred million? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Ah, very big day is Tuesday in my mind. I mean, we we've been taking steps forward, and I think another step forward would be a modest proposal. A modest stadium proposal. I'm not talking about eating babies. I'm talking, by the way, a modest proposal. Uh, Google it. Um, but a modest proposal for a stadium, uh, I, I think, is 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 what I'm looking for on uh, in this news on Tuesday. But I haven't even talked about the team on the field. Jesus Christ, holy shit! Carlos Gomez is, is, is having feuds with with Gatorade uh, bottles. He or not bottles, but but whole coolers. He's batting up coolers. He had more, he makes more contact with the coolers than he does with the actual baseball. Holy shit. This guy, I hate that. I hate being on this end of the story because as a baseball fan, when I see those highlights, I'm like, wow, that dude is out of control. Like clearly that team is not in control. And now it's happening with my team. Carlos Gomez is going ham on Gatorade coolers and and I'm supposed to be okay with it I guess. Uh you know he's hit, he's hitting a cool 198 I believe so um you know maybe rightfully so man uh, the rest were fucking him that night. You know what? You know I I may have 74 strikeouts on the year but you know I got, I really got fucked at ending by the by the, the by the umps. Like uh, Carlos why don't you you know go sit down? You're not I don't want you on my team anymore. To be honest, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I'd rather. I'd. I'd rather have, you know, actual actual players that are willing to contribute and aren't fucking psychopaths when it comes to to on field and off field. Holy shit, dude. <sighs> God. The Rays, uh, um, just lost to the to the Miami Marlins, and then they also won a a. a marathon game which was a back and forth that saw jake bowers driving in two runs but what i'm trying to get at is this eight and one homestand where we defeat the likes of uh oh i don't know how about the the new york yankees how about the houston astros you're defending world series champions and how about the uh the the washington nationals who kind of suck <laughs> who, can, who have bryce hyper who bryce harper and then after uh this year nobody um but still, you know, you win your home games and you're winning any two games a year. That's that's fucking solid. I'll take that all day. So uh, the Rays doing good at home uh, um, against all odds is is something that that I love. And um, God, what can you say about him that we, really, I can't say anything about them that I haven't said in, in previous shows, and and just that they are surprising to me. I'm very, I'm very happy to watch this team. Uh, it's it's been a very fun season, uh, win and loss. I mean, we're we you know we, we we just dropped this um, this uh, road trip to the Marlins, but you know what? They're still a fun team to watch. I mean, they got this crazy bullpen thing going. They got an all star in Blake Snell who's who's fucking dealing. We got Wilson Ramos, who's who's um, you know kind of running away with, uh, um, with with maybe the best catcher in the the, the American League. And uh, speaking of which, I think Wilson Ramos and Mark Mark Tompkin wrote this today in the, uh, the the paper. But I think Wilson Ramos is not long for this world. And I think I will agree. Um, Al Bushman was on last week, and he sort of talked about uh, you know which of these players do you think gets traded? Danny Hatcheria, Wilson Ramos. Or the third guy, I forget who he said, um, but I think Hedgever, you know Danny Hetcheria, for sure gets traded, or or you know maybe maybe even designated for assignment. I mean, I don't think I don't think he stays on this roster past the trade deadline. Either way, you got to have Willie Adama's up, so I, I really don't think he's going to be here uh, when it comes to the second half of the season. Uh, I think that's for sure. And then you have. Uh, Wilson Ramos, who last week we were kind of talking about. Okay, are gonna, you know, should we resign him? I think a lot of people are saying yes. But what if we just trade the guy? We got a we got a young up and coming catcher in, in 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 the minor leagues right now. And his name escapes me. I, it starts with some kind of a C. I don't know, but I know that he's down there, and he's playing well. And one of the things that I've seen is like, okay, well, the Rays as an organization can't develop catcher talent, so why not keep Ramos around uh, and develop this new guy? To which I say, yeah, you know, I get it. I I get what you're trying to say, but I I don't think I agree with it. I think you go get the value that Ramos has right now because, holy shit, he's a silver silver slugger winner. Uh, He's an all-star. He's going to be an all-star this year. Um, we're not going to resign him. Are we going to be able to afford that? Fuck no. Uh, so go and get your money for him and, and trade for a team that's going to take it because we are – listen, guys, we're not making the playoffs this year. We're not. Even though we're playing good, even though we just had that 8-1 and one homestand, we're not making the playoffs. So I think you go and trade a Wilson Ramos – uh and then you, we kind of load up for next year load up on more prospects for for, for for fuck's sakes we just had we just had Brent Honeywell Anthony Banda go down with with um uh a Tommy John surgery and then i believe we had our, our um another guy go down uh so it only like let's go get a starting pitcher maybe let's let's i don't know i think you you do trade i think you trade ramos like let like you know uh, uh um Let's just—I uh, don't think you're really throwing caution to the wind. I think trade him. Just trade the guy. We—we—he's gonna he, let him go. Let him go. Add value to some team that's gonna make the playoffs instead of just like fucking buttering away here on Tad Bay Rays. Maybe make you know. Maybe being somewhere around 500 at the end of the season, but certainly not in the playoffs. Um, I think he, I think you gotta get rid of Ramos. That, that's that's my honest opinion. Well, we've talked about I, I've talked enough about these Tampa Bay Rays and I got a lot of guests to get to, so uh let's get let's get to the first. This 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 first guy um has taken a lot of flack this week. Um and I don't think rightfully so. I mean he's a reporter. He's not a he's not Bucks fans need to learn the difference, and I think they will between a reporter and a journalist. This guy's a reporter for the uh the Tampa Bay Times. So uh Greg thanks for coming on the show and uh taking time out of your day. I know you're uh you're I'm I'm a guy that just sits down in fr- front of a mic once a week and just, you know, does a thing, but you actually you, you have to pay the bills on like generating content every day. So um <laughs> I really appreciate you actually taking some time out to uh to talk with me. Um no problem at all. Before I get started, uh any like like I said right before I I hit record, uh, any uh, any sweet Eric Carlson news here? Like is it is it happening? Do you think it's <laughs> happening?
1: I'm definitely, I mean, it's, things are far enough along where it looks like they're trying to get a third team involved, um, so no, I'll be kind of staying by the phone, keeping an eye on things uh, the whole night, uh, so no, wouldn't surprise me if it happened at all.
2: Yeah, no, especially with Steve Irisman, he, he likes to do those late night deals where at 12 o'clock he kind of slides in a trade, so, mm. yeah. Right, uh, yeah. yeah, you have
1: that window where you're done for the paper for the night, but you, you got to be ready for anything at all, at all pretty much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift gears like right away and uh talk about maybe the the yeah. biggest news of the off season which is which is uh which everybody's kind of talking about and it's and it's very controversial but the Bucks dropped J.R. Sweezy and um you know I, I I for one was shocked that that happened but in all seriousness I think um do you think that that's more does that speak more to the fact that okay they like they're going to trust in their young offensive linemen and, and Caleb Beninak and Alex Capo or is it um is it the injury thing is it a little bit of both like
1: yeah, I think what it points to is that he, even when he was healthy last year, um, I, I think what that tells you is that they, there was more than just the injury that concerned them about him. Um, I think, really? you know, you go back to like, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just, I'm just, and, it's, yeah. it's more than the injury though.
1: Oh, no, yeah, it's just kind of being ineffective. So, I mean, going back mm. to like NFL owners meetings, um, you heard Dirk Cutter mentioning Caleb Bennett, and I think he called him the wild card. At right guard at the time. And I think they feel really good. You know, bennox a guy that's been a tackle, has been a guard, has bounced back and forth, um, has dealt with some injuries. But I think they feel really good about what he could be if he just gets a position and a chance to learn it. So I do think they have their eye on Alex Kappa as well. Uh, there's probably a little bit more of a transition there where he's probably not quite as game ready as, as Ali Marpet was three years ago. So I think they. They like him long-term, for sure. But I think they're probably more confident in Beninok right now. Um, they'd be in a little bit of a predicament if, if one of the tackles went down. And then I think they'd probably like if if Dotson went down, for instance. I think they'd probably slide Beninock back out to tackle in that case and probably plug like an Evan Smith in at guard if this were a, a short-term injury. Um, but, no, I, I think with Sweezy, what it told me was that they were more comfortable with what they saw in Beninock than they were whatever upside there was in whatever Sweezy could be at maximum health because it, it's something where he missed the entire offseason uh, with his knee with his broken leg I should say um, and I think it set him back I mean it's just one of those yeah. where it, it opens a window where it reminds you what else you have and I think they felt more comfortable I mean Sweezy probably never was playing at a level to justify six and a half million a year um, you know I think they felt good about it when they got him from Seattle but the guy that was on the field last year for them probably wasn't playing at that level so um, to Jason Light's credit I think when he makes a mistake or, or sees something that's not working on his plan um, he's willing to move on from it and, and kind of try something else.
2: I, I always like that about him and maybe kind of staying with that whole theme do you do you think like if things go if things do end up going south this year um, which it's very likely do you think there's any possibility where Jason Light stays around where maybe Dirk Cutter wouldn't?
1: Uh yeah I mean I think they're on they're on separate tracks I mean I think it's something where if you felt like the talent was there and and Cutter didn't do everything he could to get more out of it I suppose there's a window it's tough I mean it's like you know Light's probably more closely tied to Winston so right. if you feel good about Winston you might be more likely to feel good about Light because he was more involved in bringing him here than Cutter was probably um but no i think it's it's probably two separate decisions but i think they can help each other out a lot
2: yeah i can I, I can't believe it's like it, it, we're kind of already talking about like well the job security of the well but it's it's a, it's actually kind of been like a little bit of a overarching topic since it was since it came out that they were keeping their jobs but um I think like more and right. more after this whole uh, suspension thing, like the Bucks fans are kind of talking about. Well, what's going to happen with the with the coaching staff? Like if if it really does go as bad as we uh, as kind of everybody's expecting it to, it's um, I don't know. I I personally I like Jason White. I think he's I. It might just be a little bit of homerism and watching hard knocks last year and kind of getting a sense for like the kind of guy he is, but you're right, like, he does, if there's one thing I will say that he does really well, it's just he, he can admit when he makes mistakes, and, he, and he's quick to, to um, correct that. I mean, you saw that with the whole um, uh, Roberto Aguayo thing. So um, Right.
1: Oh yeah, that's somewhere, you know, to, for them to cut him loose is, is ultimately their acknowledgement that it didn't work out. I mean, I think they probably could have stuck with him longer, given another chance, but yeah, I mean, he's uh, I think he's usually not as concerned or aware with who made a decision to bring somebody in, whether it's your guy or not, and just wants to set up the best 53 he can and deal with the consequences of how much it costs and then what you lose as a result, you know, later
0: on.
2: Well, I mean, to, to maybe kind of to, to, to tail end off of that, um, I saw a couple of, of takes this week about the this whole injury guarantee with Winston's contract, and we all know about the, the whole suspension deal, and we all know about that. And Maybe we'll get into a little bit later, but um, – what I haven't heard talked about a whole lot was this whole um this whole injury this whole injury guarantee on his contract now because because he was suspended from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong um the glazers now they they're they have the ability to not honor that that final year that fifth year option that they picked up on the contract. Is that true, or am I off on that
1: yeah i mean they've they've always had i mean it's an option so you you can elect not to do it the, the only the only thing it's guaranteed for is injury so if, if he the question mark would be if he's not playing well this year and his week 16, he struggled, but he's still playing, and he blows out his knee or something like that, like a long-term injury, they would have to pay him. They would incur the, the salary cap hit of paying him because it, it would be guaranteed. So, I mean, it, that that's where the liability is. So the only real risk they're taking in playing him right now is if he were to get hurt they would have to honor you know what would be a very expensive contract to pay him whatever 20.9 million next year yeah. but it's not it's not guaranteed beyond that i mean if they want to make a decision i think i think march uh like second week of march is when it would become guaranteed so they have up until that point kind of up until basically the start of free agency next year to make a decision whether to move forward with him or not um do you get again a- i mean i think right now go ahead
2: I'm sorry, but do you get the sense that that that's sort of that maybe that's playing a factor? Maybe if if things are going bad, they might sit him down, to, uh, lest he risk injury.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think if you have him, if you're confident enough to play him, um, you'll take that risk. I mean, it, to me, if they were if they were on the fence enough with him that they didn't want to even deal with the injury risk of of triggering a 19 or 21 mm-hmm. million dollar option. then he probably isn't the guy they they might have made that decision even earlier so i I think they're comfortable right now moving forward with him and giving him a chance to use this season to uh prove himself you know worth what would be a hefty raise for next year
2: yeah um I don't know how I feel. I am I'm, I'm very torn on the whole situation. I was kind of like 50-50 on drafting him. Then when when we drafted him, I was like, well, you know, let's see. I give give the guy a chance and then all this stuff comes out and you're kind of like, uh, it's very torn as a Bucks fan uh, as far as you know, how do I how do I cope with this morally of like, god, I love this football team. I've loved this football team my entire life, but I just it just irks me that the guy's playing quarterback for us, but I want to see him do well it's, it's such a strange thing to me. And I know you've been doing it.
1: And it's for a lot of fans. Yeah. I mean, you, you see that. I think there's a lot of Bucks fans that are, uh, I think there's definitely some that are uh, completely polarized to one and the other. Some oh, yeah. he can do no wrong. They will, they will ride with him uh, until he is ineligible to play that kind of thing. And there's others that have already dismissed the idea of, of being able to root for him and, and they've moved on and, there's there's a middle ground right now, I think that is it's like you isn't really sure what to make of it, isn't necessarily comfortable rooting for him individually any we kind of went through the whole deal with the jerseys and that and are you comfortable wearing a jersey of somebody that has done something like this or been accused of something like this off the field so yeah I think it's it's created a lot of conflicts and, and kind of there's a broad spectrum of of bucks fans in terms of their level of uh forgiveness or tolerance or or what they'll uh, allow a player to do off the field before it, it keeps them from really being comfortable rooting for him on the field.
2: I, I, I tweeted this out on, on July fourth, and I think it's it, it, it kind of reminds me of like America. I, I love America. I'd never, I never w- I would never want to live anywhere else but America. But America does a lot of things that I disagree with generally, and, I, and that kind of drive me crazy. But at the same time, I love America. So same thing with the Bucks. The Bucks are going to do a lot of things that drive me crazy. And they're going to they, they've employed people like. Michael Pittman and, and Warren Sapp that have just been like ugh awful people off the field but god I just want to see this football team win and and uh, you, some, you maybe maybe sometimes you 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 kind of roll the morality dice or you I don't know what, how you put it but it's just
1: well I don't know I mean you, you have to cut corners somewhere and, and sometimes it's it's betting against injury and sometimes it's it's just tolerating things that other teams might not tolerate so you know they've they've had this in the past it's not like Jameis is the first guy they've had that's had a questionable uh, Off-field flag coming in. Uh, you know, once you've had Jeremy Stevens on your roster, that's it's, right, you set the bar pretty high for everybody else for a long time.
2: I forgot about that. You're right. Um, do you, I know you wrote an article? I think it was. I believe it was you. Like I know Cameron Braid has come out um, sort of in and in, in voiced his opinion on the whole matter, or rather came out in support of Jameis and uh, Vincent. Yeah. Or not Vincent Jackson, but rather Deshaun Jackson did the same. Um, do you get the sense in the locker room that, mo- that, that that it's a that it's an atmosphere of support? And obviously, you're not going to tell me if you know which guys don't support it. But do you do you hear anything that um, that maybe some guys might be on the fence about it?
1: No, I really haven't. I mean, it's one of those where again, if you if you have that opinion, you're probably keeping it to yourself, right? now. Right. I mean, there were people that were asking why we even run the comments from Braid because it's kind of like any anybody's going to get on the radio. Uh, knowing they're going to get asked about Winston. I, I felt like Bray was probably a little bit more supportive than he needed to be. I think there would be a polite level of, uh, Jameis has done a lot of good things for us. You know, I think we all make some mistakes. Uh, we're hoping he can move forward. You could say them like that, and, and Cam Bray, to his credit, was pretty unequivocal in saying, you know, I, I love him. Uh, he's someone I like being associated with. I have a lot of fun with him. You know, it, it conceded that uh, we don't really know everything that happened in Arizona, um, but all his interactions with Jameis have been very positive. Uh, likes him as a teammate, likes him as a leader. I, I felt like he probably was more in his quarterback's corner than than just a cursory politeness on the radio would would require him to be.
2: Yeah, and I think maybe rightfully so in his case. And I think if you look at Winston as a whole, like he's, you know, I obviously I'm not I'm not a, a huge fan of him, but if you look at him from his rookie season on or you know after his rookie season he's done i think he's done he's tried very very hard very hard to kind of turn it around and and clean his image up and try to do the right thing he just had he just had his baby today he's 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 married he's married and i think he's trying very very hard to to turn around so i i see that i can appreciate that you know
1: yeah it's hard there's kind of i kind of use the word there's a duality if you will and that it it he's been very active in the community and he's very good with kids and has taken a lot of time in the community uh, to build a lot of goodwill with people it doesn't mean he didn't do what he's accused of Mm -hmm. so you you have to kind of process both sides of that and that he can be a really good person with kids and in the community and giving and helpful with teammates and a good football player and a good leader but still do things off the field that that shouldn't be tolerated so you have to just decide how much of one thing um, lets you tolerate so much of another thing. And, and the Bucks have to decide that it's a franchise too. So yeah. that's that's something everybody's processing at different levels right now, I think.
2: Yeah. Do you do you see is there any possibility that I, I, I see Teddy Bridgewater's name thrown out there, Nick Foles. I mean, there is there is there any sort of validity to that? I mean, do you see the Bucks making that yeah, I mean, kind of move?
1: What I tend to think is that I think the Bucks knew this was a real possibility. I mean this happened in November. Um, I'm sure they probably were more aware than we were as things progressed. With with what exactly might have happened, so you had to at least allow for the possibility you were dealing with a multi-game suspension here. Um, and I think given that, to see that you know all they felt they need to do was re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. They didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't go out uh, after any of the more you know I guess you'd say higher tier quarterbacks that were available to them. So I mean, Bridgewater's interesting and in that it. it just depends. I mean, I get Jets fans that are telling me Bridgewater's going to be the starter <laughs> yeah. over Sam Darnold, which I don't really believe. Um, I mean, the Jets put uh, a number six overall pick and three second-round picks into getting Sam Garland. To me, when you do that, you have to put everything you can into developing him and cultivating him from the start. So I think he's going to be the guy for them, if not week one, certainly for for the majority of this season. Um, So then if if you feel good about Josh McCown, not only as a starter but kind of as a mentor, um, as a stopgap, I don't know why you need to pay Teddy Bridgewater $6 million. No. So his contract is, is oddly created in a way that the Jets can get out and only owe him like a half a million dollars, um, which would put him kind of back on the free market, probably first week of September or whenever they wanted to get rid of him. Um, it could be that they can trade him. Maybe there's another injury and somebody gets in a dire need of a quarterback and they can trade him for a, a low round draft pick, but you're only getting him for one year. So I don't know that teams would give up that much, um, to get him, but I think the Jets are probably holding out, hoping that there's a, a supply or a demand, I should say, that's greater than what's out there right now. But I mean, he would be if if the Buccaneers were concerned about Jameis in a more long-term sense, not being out three weeks, which is whether he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridgewater would give you a relatively inexpensive window to check somebody else out without having to completely reset um, with the draft next year. I mean, you don't know who's going to be available in the draft or how you know, this is a year where there are lots of guys at the top of the draft, four quarterbacks that were kind of worth top ten picks. Um, you don't know where the Bucks are picking. You don't know what they think of those quarterbacks. So it's, it's all very hypothetical right now. Um, and the way they've handled this to this point makes me think they're still trying to play out a scenario where Winston is able to redeem himself and, and play himself back into everybody's favor and, and kind of put himself in position to be a long-term solution again. But again, a lot can play out along that in the next two seasons here. It's
2: a lot. Of, it's a lot of doom and gloom with Bucks fans. But the reality is, it's just three games, and it's it's three games that you, that even with Winston, you're kind of like, eh, that's going to be tough. So, I, I, oh yeah,
1: I mean, when that schedule came out, I, I I said that they could be a very good team and be one and two or even zero and three in that stretch. So it's in one sense, it 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 puts them now in this position where it feels like probably any win they get in those first three games is going to be seen as a bonus. Yep. Um, but but again, once you get them back, I mean they their middle of the season schedule, kind of that week, whatever, four five, six or four, six, seven, is, is kinda you're dealing with, you know, Bears in there, Browns, Bengals. They're they're winnable games, um, to where they could get themselves back into five hundred. You know, it's not hard to get back to whatever, five and five or something like that. To mm-hmm. where you can you know, if the wild cards to be had at nine and seven, it would be in play for you with six games to go.
2: And I finally, I know you got to get out of here. So finally, um, I don't know if you saw yeah. this today, but uh, Ryan Leaf uh, uh, put a photo today <laughs> on Instagram and he kind of, uh, uh, where he, um, it was a uh, letter that Hunter S. Thompson had wrote to Jim Ursay uh, about drafting Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. And one of the reasons <laughs> was because of the havoc that Warren Sapp could wreak in the backfield. So like Hunter S. Thompson was writing about this defense, uh, you know. Way back in 99, so, like, what is that? Like, is I, this...
1: I, I totally admit that. That's wild.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that um, this defense, or, or at least Warren Sapp himself, was just so feared in the league that Hunter S. Thompson himself had to pen a letter to Jim Irsay. Um Yeah. So I, thought... I
1: don't know that I realized that he had that much of an interest in the NFL. That's amusing to hear. But, yeah, me uh, either. Yeah. I thought it was more it's booze. It's amazing and, and... the people that you don't even realize were NFL fans or, or care about the NFL that have this – Massive interest
2: in the league that you just don't realize. Yeah, well, Greg, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show uh, and taking time out of your day again. Like I said, um, you know, you 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 um, you got to put that content out daily and you make a living off of it. So uh, I really enjoy your work and thank you. Thank you today at least for educating Bucks fans on the difference between journalism and, and being a reporter because I know a lot of those fans need need that kind of a uh, education when it, especially when it comes to uh, your colleague Tom Jones who they. For, for some reason, I don't know. I love I love him personally. I love Tom Jones. I, even when I hate, re- I, I hate read some of his articles. But he's a smart dude. He knows what he's talking about. He's he, he's he moves papers and he you know puts his opinion out there. So
1: yeah, I think not everybody gets it, but he he knows what he needs to do.
2: Exactly. So I uh, appreciate you coming on, and Greg, thank you so much. All right. Jesus Christ, guys! Let's talk about these Tampa Bay Lightning because there's there is there's news there's news to be had and and I am joined today by um, Chase he's he's a he's a good friend of, of mine through uh, a season long group chat in, in in my Twitter DMs um, but you can you can read he he he's a contributor to Bolts by the Bay so Chase uh, welcome sir to the show thanks for having me what is going on man are we getting are we getting Eric Carlson or what what, what how how
0: so the the weird thing about these um these Carlson sweepstakes that are going on is that two days ago, all the insiders said Dallas, easily Dallas, clear front runner is Dallas, and everybody else would just go home. Now, they said that it's basically a done deal for the lightning. Wow. So I'm really I'm not ready to commit either way, just for my own emotional health, but um <laughs> It's it's been a it's been a wild ride over these past few days. I
2: know, dude. The the John Tavares thing kind of took me for 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 t- for more of a ride than I thought I was gonna go through. Like I thought, like yeah, whatever. We're sending a contingency to to John Tavares. It's fine. But on Saturday, like I was like, oh fuck, what if we get him? <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I I knew that the lighting would be in big on either Tavares or Carlson. Ended up being both. But I'm I'm more
2: I'm on Tavares. I'm sorry, I, that it cut out for a second. You're more what?
0: I'm I'm more in on Carlson than I was on Tavares because I, the Lightning have a really solid forward group already. Um, if adding Tavares would you know make some <laughs> would make some one C's play some um, some second line minutes, third line minutes, and that's oh boy, helpful as a top defenseman.
2: Yeah, I I think th- the thing is is I think. Um, and and, and uh, my occasional co-host Anthony says a lot. It's like, lightning. Have the, we can absorb it in the forward depth, but the thing we don't have is that defenseman, and cer- certainly not like a, a scoring defenseman like Eric Carlson. So hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I think this this this, yeah. this this supports my theory of Iversen just putting it all on the table. He's just whipping his dick out and like, listen, everybody, <laughs> come here for the cup now. We, we can't resign <laughs> any of you, but come here
0: now. Has any of has has any of that changed since he's been with the Lightning because I mean look at this trade deadline for example That's true. You know you had all of these defensemen that were rumored that you know to be moving You had Falk lots of rumors around Falk lots of rumors around Mike Green, you know a few rumors around Tanov and then McDonough and The McDonough to Tampa deal didn't come through until after the trade deadline was technically over like the paperwork's already in so obviously it's still counted but there's not a doubt in my mind that Carlson was holding, or sorry, that that uh, was holding that up. He said, "Who do we want? Where's our best return?" And all of you are going to wait until I'm done deciding.
2: <laughs> the Eiser plan must be seen through.
0: The NHL Absolutely. must wait.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're right. I mean, the dude the dude knows how to deal. So, um, do you, I mean? Mm. <sighs> we're we we we're, we're getting way off we're getting we're going a lot of different directions here but just let's just let's keep it on Carlson for now um do you think do you really think this I mean the, the pieces are moving the pieces that we like we traded Schuster over to Anaheim so or, or I'm sorry rather Schuster signed with Anaheim but sort of I feel like the pieces are moving right
0: yeah, so the piece of the movie. I was a little bit surprised by Paquette getting a new contract today because that just took another million from the already small cast base that we have to deal with right now. But, you know, I honestly, if the Carlson deal was going to happen, a $1 million contract was, isn't going to derail that. Right. But, you the- know, thinking about it, at first I was a little concerned. But then, you know, if if it was that big of a deal, then I would know that that's not where that million dollars needs to go.
2: I just, what does this do for us long-term? Because uh, certainly if, if if Carlson comes in, he's going to, he's only going to, uh, he's got to have a new deal, right?
0: Yeah. So that's, that's the problem. We, um, he is on the last year of a very, very manageable contract. And then as soon as that contract is up, his contract will suddenly become very, very unmanageable, especially to a team like the Lightning, who before Paquette was signed, had the fifth uh, lowest remaining cap space in the entirety of the league.
2: Oh God.
0: <laughs> yup.
2: I, I mean, you got to think though. So then that means that that um, if or when this this goes off, then that means um, Kucherov might not be getting a long term deal. Certainly, I think Sergachev might not be getting a, a, a the, the kind of deal that he wants or at all.
0: Yeah. Don't forget Vasilevsky next season too. That's gonna the Lightning need oh, to shit. lock him down yeah, long Vasilevsky. term.
2: Yeah, that's that's that is like a. I mean, Kucherov. You know, I I would hate to lose Kucherov. That'd be a fucking massive blow. But I, but for as big of a blow that losing Kucherov would be, losing Vasilevsky Vasilev, is Vasilev, like losing two Kucherovs. So
0: oh, Vesna finalist at age twenty three. You don't find that. That's not something that you just are able to go into free agency and resign. Yeah, that's that is not something that is not an asset that comes along near often enough. To merit him being a casualty of the salary cap,
2: he should have won it. He really should have won the uh, the Viesna like uh, like or Vezna whatever. Um, <laughs> should have fucking won it, dude.
0: Yeah, I I was kind of surprised they still gave it to Rene with the uh, the playoff choking, but I mean in was, the end you got to look back at the entirety of the season and he did have. So the thing is, he had numbers that were either even two or slightly less than Vasilevsky's. So if we're going by based on numbers alone, it's Vasi. But, I mean, I do feel like Rene has been kind of snubbed in the past in his career, so I guess it makes up for it because it's not like he's a bad goalie or he wasn't deserving of it. You know, I think that there were three very deserving candidates, of course, and, I mean, honestly, you know, Hellebuck from Winnipeg, just given that he's, you know, this year was his big year, I was <laughs> expecting him over Rene, but... Yeah, per, I'm biased, so I say Vassy. But
2: I mean, apparently, apparently the the voting uh, uh, stopped r- right before or after the first round of the playoffs. So like the the choking really yeah, exactly coming to play. It came after. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh, I don't know. It, it sucks. Yeah, but
0: everyone that casts their vote says, "Oh, statistically." <laughs> fucking bass he should have but whatever whatever
2: whatever i'm not gonna you know at least we got a norris winner but at least we we locked a norris winner up for for uh for next to nothing so yeah it's fine and
0: so let's let's talk about his contract for a minute because man do i appreciate that now with all the contracts going around the league man 7.8 i will take that over 11 any day of the week Dude. and i think i'd rather have headman than dowdy on my team i really would i really think that the, i i, I I don't
2: know. This this could be just this is all entirely speculation, but I think th- I think that Hedman and and, and Stamkos kind of were like, you know what? Let's do it here. Let's do it together. And they kind of took those team friendly contract, or yeah, they took the. Oh, I don't contract. doubt that at all. Yeah. So I I mean, and maybe 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 uh, Hedman can talk a little sense into Carlson and be like, look, dude,
0: yeah, come and on. And I think I do think that that's the pull because if it was if it was about the money to Carlson if it was about you know where he can make the most then I think that he would have already been gone by now
2: right but he look. I'm sure he looks at it and like god they're so close they're right there I could help him get that cup I mean I can push him over the edge yeah,
0: exactly
2: and he's good I mean if he signed, I mean I mean we, we we're we're kind of uh, uh, ne- this year is or yeah this year's the last deal for Kucharov's bridge deal right
0: Yes, so this okay. is the last season for Kucherov's bridge deal, and I—he's not going to take another deal that's going to give the Lightning time like that. He's going to want to get paid, and he's going to want to get paid for a long time. As well, he
2: should. I mean, i i, I, I love Kucherov, and and but he's—he—he—he he, he looks over the pond and sees Alex Ovechkin doing what he's doing with the cup, and I'm sure he wants—he yeah. wants that Alex Ovechkin money. And
0: but something that I see in Stamkos and Hedman is, that I don't see in Kucherov is their willingness to you know take a team more team friendly deal their their willingness to sacrifice a little bit so the team can keep going i think the kucherov is more about that star status you know we've all heard the rumors that he is a negative force in the locker room that he's you know a bit commanding a bit um a bit ill-tempered a bit you know all this and you know i wouldn't necessarily doubt that but at the same time he scores a hundred points for my team. So I don't particularly care.
2: Yeah. Dude, Kucherov gives zero fucks about the, the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, I, 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 am, I am sure of that. I mean, I was sure of that in, in, uh, in, in, game five of the Eastern conference final this year. So, or, or rather, I'm sorry, game six rather. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, no doubt, and, and, but I, I sincerely hope that we keep him. I mean, I, locker room presence oh, yeah. be damned. He's too fucking talented to worry about. He's like Terrell Owens, man. You can't, you can't, you can't not have him in your fucking locker room.
0: Oh, yeah, no, you can, you can, we got Hedman and Stamkos to do damage control and rally the team. You can, I don't care as long as he scores 100 points. Yeah, you know. And obviously, obviously him and Stamkos have chemistry, and obviously he likes that line. So, I mean, <sighs> I
2: don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't like, I don't want him on the same line. That's the thing. Like, we, the, like, why didn't we break him up last, uh, this playoffs? Like, it's, ugh.
0: I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, that is true, but I don't I don't like the um, I don't like Cooper's tactic of just putting everybody in the line blender and seeing what <laughs> comes out on each line. Yeah, I'm not true. a fan of that because you know, know. guys can't get to know each other. Guys can't get to, you know, play with each other and develop proper chemistry. It's just like, all right, let's spin a wheel and him and him. Those are your line mates. So let's do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, how can you expect to get anything solid going like that? You know, you're right. You're right. I mean. Um
2: but I think you know like like we keep saying like our 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 forwards are so talented that I think it's it, it it doesn't matter I not that it doesn't matter but I think that there's a better line combination to be had you know you know obviously our our first line in the playoffs was was um outstanding well was it really outstanding
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cooch uh, averaged over a point per game up until the, the very end. And um, <laughs> yeah, Stamkos had he had a, not very many goals, but he had a few assists. I mean, they kind of they kind of went dark there at the very end, but then again, so did the entirety of the Lightning's roster.
2: Yeah. That's true. Like uh, when you when you don't score a, a fucking thing, I, mean, I guess it doesn't matter. But I I don't
0: know. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I I think I think when when you're talking, I mean, like maybe like maybe put Alice Kaloran down on the on the fourth line and, and and kind of bump everybody down. Like I I don't know. I just think I think that I'd like to see like what about JT Miller, uh, Nikita Kucherov, and Brayden Point on the same line. Like what about something like that? Like,
0: that would be that'd be fine with me because Point has proven himself as a playmaker and a setup guy. He he can score. He can dangle. We all remember when he made Dadnov literally look like he just came out of minors. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'd be fine with that line. Honestly, Stamkos and Point are two very very talented centermen. I don't think you can go wrong with either one centering your line. But um. And I think, I you, think and you, you can know, put, you know
2: Anthony Sorelli this... or or Yanni Gorduk, you can put one of those you know, either of those guys up on the second line. Like it's I mean oh, I,
0: I am all in favor of giving Sorelli more minutes. I think Sorelli can be a stud for the lightning. You know, obviously not a not a star. He's not gonna turn into some, right. you know, Panair and or he's not gonna turn into, you know, someone that's Gets paid the big bucks to score all these goals, but I think that he's going to be a scrappy player. He's going to be a player that tries hard every night, and he is going to be a player that is not afraid to put himself in some uh, rough patches for the puck. And yeah. I like that.
2: Okay, we we figured it out, guys. All right, yeah, we we got we got <laughs> our lines sorted out. I mean, playoffs uh, here we come, or I mean, Stanley Cup. <laughs> Stanley Cup final. And, and, and all
0: of this, all of this versatility in the Lightning's forward lines is exactly why I'm. More in on if we're gonna make a big splash in free agency, it's got to be for Carlson, because we have all of these guys that can make an impact on the forward group. You know, yeah. You know, we put points on this line, we put Stamkos on this line. You know, either way, it's gonna be a good line. And you know, even down to the fourth, you know, third and the fourth line, you got guys like um, you got guys like Yanni Gord, you got guys like Tyler Johnson. You know, those are guys that can hold their own, of course. So, and then you look at the defensive depth, and you know. God, if Girardi- we get Carlson.
2: The, the depth. Who cares? It's, I yeah. mean, we're good. I mean,
0: yeah, Girardi, good for twenty five minutes a night. You know, he's a workhorse. He holds his own defensively, but he's not going to bring anything offensively to the table. Coburn, hopefully on his way out of the Lightning's lineup. They're really not, really not doing too much for him anymore. Got a got money in his contract. That's about it um strawman strawman's great i think the strawman can we can still get a few more years out of strawman his contract's going to be up soon but he's starting to show his age and and you know that's not anything against strawman that's just how it happens i mean so i really think that the bigger impact if we were to pursue someone big during free agency it's going to be on defense
2: Dude, you got to think. Like, what's 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 that gonna look like uh, um, going for? Maybe put like Victor, put Victor Hedman on the same line with with Chef and then you then you then have fucking uh, Eric Carlson on the same line with with who, uh, you know, Braden McDonough. Coburn or McDonough, Yeah, and, and and then you and then you got the, you know Kurt Coburn and, and Dan Girardi to, to to round up the dinosaur pairing. So you know
0: name. Name me an entire name me a top four in the entire league better than Hedman, Carlson, McDonough, Sergachev.
2: No, there there is none. It's it, it would be fucking ridiculous. And the and the thing There's, is, there isn't one. I think I think what's what's the genius of uh, Iserman and maybe Cooper, you could say, uh, ca- kind of came out in the playoffs where, um, they they played. Dan Girardi just the right way in the regular season for him to be effective in the playoffs because like okay he's an old dude he's not gonna he's not gonna be very effective regular season maybe don't play him as much right? you know don't give him don't give him the kind of minutes and then suddenly in the in the playoffs like you know okay get out there and uh, go get him so
0: yeah exactly but then you don't have to
2: do that you don't have to do it anymore if you if you trade for Carlson so I don't know it's dude it's, yeah. Yeah, so,
0: so there's there's a slight problem to our uh, perfect top four though, and that's that you know most people are saying if we were to get Carlson, sergachev has got to go, and I I agree with that and disagree with that at the same time because it's uh, certainly Sergachev is someone that the Senators would want back, young defenseman, promising defenseman, got a really really high ceiling, but at the same time I feel like Eiserman would want to break up. His core group wouldn't want to let Sergeyev go. I feel like if there were to be a deal, it would be involving Calfoot.
2: You mean they're not going to take Ryan and Callahan and Anton Strawman for, for Carlson? I mean, come on. So, it's a great trade. It'll, ha- it'll work. In so I've, got a,
0: I've got a theory on that, actually. I've got, I've got something worked out because, you know, okay. earlier we had, um, you know, all the analysts were saying that Tampa to Carlson, we got that figured out. We just need an extra team to take on some cap space to make salaries work. Okay, so we know that Ottawa wants to get rid of Bobby Ryan.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so Ottawa, oh man, his contract is abysmal.
2: I like where you're going. uh,
0: he will forever be known as the guy that was drafted right after Sidney Crosby and is nowhere close to <laughs> anywhere as good.
2: Like, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, when LeBron James got taken out of high school, and then like the next year everybody's like, you know, Carmelo Anthony is uh, the next LeBron. It's like, no, it's really it's not. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, so there is a team that will benefit from light- the Lightning success. And that's the New York Rangers. The Rangers have a lot of cap space, too. And, mm. you know, as part of the McDonough-Miller deal, the Lightning have a conditional pick to give them next year. If they win the Cup, that sec- is a is second round right now. If they win the Cup, it turns into a first. So what would be the downside for the Rangers for taking on some dead cap space for a little while and then getting a first-round pick? Because the Rangers aren't competing for the cup next year. The Rangers aren't competing to even win next year. True. Yeah. So if they have this cap face and, you know, a draft pick is linked to them, that could be the difference between a first round and a second round player. It makes total, it's a no brainer for them to want to help Tampa.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, real, realistically, realistically, who's going, who's going in this Carlson train? I mean, someone, a big piece has to go, right? There's not a fan favorite is gone if 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 eric carlson is on our team uh this year so
0: for for cap purposes i think it's going to be callahan so we see a lot of these guys like calorn and tyler johnson and callahan himself you know they they all have um ntc's so that makes that makes moving them a little problem that makes a little problematic but um callahan callahan's is modified so he has a 16 team yes list and I would not be surprised at all if his former team was one of the yeses.
2: I, I feel like Callahan. Where's the value in Callahan, though?
0: See, that's the thing. It's not. It's. It's not that he's a complete. It's not that he's you know a value piece for the Rangers. You know, yeah, cool. They get back. You know, former captain. They get back former leader. Right. And you know, he's. I mean, it's not like he can't produce. He's just. You know, he's he's hurt frequently. It's not like he's physically not able to produce anymore. So he will. He will help them. But at the same time, their biggest win from getting Callahan back comes in the form of a of a second round pick turning into a first round pick.
2: Oh, ah, okay. I like that. So, so Callahan, Callahan's a big piece, and then I, I guess it can't, it can't be anybody else. I mean, obviously uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, we've uh, we've gone past the point of no return with his uh, no yeah. trade clause. So.
0: So I feel like I feel like um, I feel like Eisman really likes Johnson. I feel like, you know, he saw a scrappy young kid that was too small to make it in the league, works his way up and, you know, gets a deal. I feel like he, if the Lightning were going to move him, they would have done it before his his no trade clause kicked in. Because why would they wait until after that and have to go through him and get his permission to move him when they could have just done whatever they wanted right before?
2: Yeah. I I, so, I, I... feel like you're right
0: people keep moving up bringing up tyler johnson's name i don't think it's going to happen i don't think johnson's the guy the piece that can move
2: obviously not obviously not yeah
0: so coburn's contract is also modified so we could move coburn as well get rid of his cap and um trying to think who else i mean again all these guys with you know the no trade clauses it makes it hard for the lightning so there's there's merit in giving these no moving clauses. Right. Uh, players like it. Obviously, they don't like being uprooted and having to, you know, sell all their possessions from one city. You know, getting rid of their houses or whatever, and uproot their family, move to a new one.
2: Uh, in so Dan there's... Girardi's case, he was gifted a house. Let's be honest here.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so you know, there's there's merit to this because you know you have the longer term and the promise of not being moved. That usually leads to a bit of a you know a lesser rate for the players. Well, so,
2: Chase, what do you make of uh, what do you, what do you make of a player growing up in that uh, particular market? I mean, maybe that's a that's a huge factor according to to Toronto.
0: Well, um, yeah, as we see with Tavares, that is a big deal. Um, it's it means so, and we saw with Druin, too. We we saw it firsthand as Tampa fans. You know, Druin, he kind of got here and you know he's ta- he was talented and he was really talented i think that he benefited from his line mates a lot more than um, uh, yeah you think and he's benefiting in montreal right now but, but um you know there, there's definitely a pull to that that childhood dream that childhood um desire to play for your team that you cheer for growing up we even saw it with um kevin shattenkirk a few years ago got traded right at the deadline to washington and as soon as they got bounced in the second round uh, yeah, we've we've heard that story before. Uh, mm-hmm. He says I'm staying with the Rangers because the Rangers were my hometown team. They were my the team that I cheered for growing up, and that's who I'm going to go with. So I, I don't I th- think that that's something that should be counted out. But at the same time, that's not something that benefits Tampa really as a uh, a quote unquote non traditional hockey market.
2: Uh, Chase, I think I think it's as simple as this: if if I am an elite baseball prospect and I I I, I come up in the Rays system um and the Rays offer me a contract and the Yankees Offer me a contract. I'm going to tell the Rays to go fuck themselves. Even though I grew up as a Rays fan, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm a diehard Rays fan till the day I die. I want to play for the fucking New York Yankees. Okay, like the Yankees are the Yankees. They're 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 the classic baseball team. You think of baseball, you think of the Yankees. So it's the same thing with the Maple Leaves. You think you think of hockey, hockey, and you think of the Toronto Maple Leaves. And I I don't think it's as much that John Tavares grew up a a, 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 a Maple Leaves fan. But I do think there is something to say about like the likes of Montreal and um, Toronto, yeah. kind of luring people based on the, the the mystique. Because, listen, yeah, up until you know, I I I would if if I was a hockey player, I'd love to play for one of those teams because they're 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 classic teams. They're story. Yeah. The practices. history of it,
0: the history of success, the original six. You know, it's something exactly. that everybody strives for. You know, everybody wants to have. Yeah, you want the, the old-time hockey. You
2: want to be talked about, you know, in the you know, in the same conversation as the legends that won them those cha- championships. Like you like that's where, that you want your name to be there. Like yeah, it's great to win the championship of Tampa. I have no doubt. Like you know, raising the cup of Tampa for for um um Dave Anderchuk I'm sure was it was a great moment of his life but I'm sure he would have rather have done it if you give him the chance to do it all over again he would have rather have done it with a more storied franchise because he could have been a part of their lore so I get it I fucking
0: get it you know I mean yeah it makes it makes sense but you know that's something that Tampa has have to has had to really overcome because they're they're not a traditional hockey market we, we even saw this year you know during the playoffs we yeah. saw new jersey fans you hear that carlson tampa you just hear because that they're not a I'm so, yeah I'm just because they're not a a hockey town you know new jersey fans said hockey in tampa what are you talking about and then five games later we showed them what they were talking about and uh <laughs> you know we see teams you know even this even this year in these trade talks with um you know in these trade talks so you see you see autofo fans you know being rightly upset they say i don't know why tampa thinks that they're linked to every big name in the world." And I don't think that they, I don't understand why they know what they're talking about. They're, they don't know anything about hockey because they're in Florida. So <laughs> I, that's something that, that's something that I think that Eisman's really had to, to fight. And surely the fans have to fight that, of course. But it's, it's a stereotype about Tampa that is, is looking dimmer and dimmer each, you know, as, as each season goes on, because we're continuing to prove that you don't have to be from Canada. You don't have to be from the original six to be, you know one of the most competitive teams in the league right now
2: and and you don't have to be from the original six to be what what the northern guys call a hockey town like fuck you with your hockey town we're tampa we we do our
0: own thing that that makes me so mad when they they just think that just because it snows up there for like five months out of the year that they're more entitled to have a hockey franchise than anyone else get out of here get out of here
2: all right, Chase. Well, I think I think that's about it, right? Is there anything else? Did we miss anything on the uh, the lightning here? Is there, um...
0: unless unless something big happened while we've been on the phone? I don't think so. But
2: <laughs> it might have. Yeah, I have not checked Twitter.
0: If you know what, I honestly wouldn't doubt if we all stayed up late into the night, nothing happens, and we wake up tomorrow morning, and there it is. You know, the, it seems that seems that the nighttime is like the prime Eiserman hours, the prime, uh, you know, let me get this done and shock the world in the morning yep. kind of thing. I wouldn't doubt that a bit. Yeah,
2: while well, you guys were um, sleep- sleeping, Eiserman was was working. He was working hard.
0: Absolutely. So do I. Do I think that the Lightning managed to land Carlson? I wouldn't doubt it at all. I would not doubt that they get Carlson out of this, whether that is for the short term, you know, just the season, or whether they managed to, you know, move some, move the cap around and just give a big middle finger to the salary cap. Then, um, I I wouldn't doubt either option. But all in all, I do think before the start of next season, the Lightning have Carlson on their roster.
2: That excites me very much. I hope. I hope. Oh, me I too. hope you're right. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, especially, especially considering some of the other offseason moves. But yeah. Okay. Well, you can uh, bolts by the bay. Am I correct? Or, or yeah, did I fuck that up? No, no, no. Bolts by the bay.
0: No, bolts by the bay. Um, website and Twitter. Uh, we we do both. So. Yeah, lightning content year round
2: and you can follow chase uh chase kim kimball kimball
0: yes okay. <laughs> there it is
2: <laughs> at, at chase underscore one five zero knowledgeable guy super knowledgeable about hockey we're in, like i said we're in a group chat together and all i do is like go in there and be like well ah, i'm drunk but you know he actually like <laughs> offers you know measured takes on on the uh, tip of lightning so i recommend you follow yep. him and uh check out his uh check out the website he contributes to bolts by the bay. So thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Anytime.
2: All right. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's War of the bay for this week. Uh, I have been Kyle, <clears throat> uh, bull predictions. Let's, let's get some bull predictions. Um, I predict that Wilson Ramos is fucking good. And let's see, uh, Matt or, uh, Eric Carlson song signs to a new long-term deal. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, go to patreon.com slash war of the base. Uh, support our podcast. Follow us on WOTB podcast or at WOTB podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Kyle WOTB. And guys, thanks for listening. I, th- I, I feel like this has been a great show. I'm, I'm super happy with how this all turned out. So uh, thank you for listening to War of the Bay. I have been Kyle, and we'll see you next week.